welcome to the Taney Love Church Podcast. Our desire is to gather, train, and send those who are called to the kingdom. We hope this message inspires, uplifts, and equips you to fulfill the call that God has placed in your life. Thanks again. God bless. music for when they go. Let's play a track. Okay, awesome. So uh, last week, I think it was last week, we started a new series, right? Get your priorities straight. Who was here last week? Raise your hands. Almost pretty much everyone. Okay, so here's what I want to do. I never actually told you what the priorities were. <laughs> we just started on the first one. So I want to write these. I want you guys to write these down, and then we'll go on from there. So how the Lord put it out to me, um, I'll, I'll give some backstory here. Um, a situation, I found out about a situation of a fellow mis- ministry. Um, one of the people in that ministry had fallen into some pretty, um, uh, into some sin, and it caused a great ripple effect through their family and their ministry. And this hurt me because they were close to me. And I began to talk to the Lord, and I said, Lord, how, do, how does someone like this fall into this type of situation, and how do I avoid this? Because I don't, I mean, in the way that I saw it, I was like, if this can happen to these people who I admire, who I honor, how, how, how you know, could this happen to me? And I said, Lord, how do I avoid falling into these pitfalls? You know what his answer to me was? He said, get your priorities straight. So I began to study on what he meant by that. And so he presented a few things to me. So it's going to be a little bit different whether you're married or whether you're single, okay? But I'll present you with both, all right? If, regardless if you're married or if you're single, <laughs> Nancy and Kate are back here looking at us like we're last. Uh, if you're married and you're single, your first priority is the same, okay? It is put God first. Put God first. Your personal relationship with God is the most important thing that you have. It is your number one priority, whether you're married, whether you're divorced, whether you're single, whatever the situation is, it's put God first, your relationship with him. That's our number one priority is our individual personal relationship with him. If you guys have spent any amount of time in this church, it's one of the things that I feel that I am called to teach is having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. We, everything I teach, I feel like is riddled with that. That's your first priority. If you're married, according to 2 Timothy, or excuse me, according, according to the book of Timothy, Timothy, your second priority is your spouse, okay? If you have kids, your third priority is your children. And the reason why this is important, now this isn't a marriage and, and family uh, uh, sermon, but it might turn into that here in the future. Your number one priority is Jesus, your personal relationship with him. If you're married, it's your spouse. That is your first, what Timothy calls your first ministry, is your spouse. After that would be your children. And then fourth and lastly would be the call that you have on your life. And then fifth would be what you do in the world for your job. If you're single, it's a lot easier, okay? Single means not married, okay? Engaged is still single in the eyes of the Lord. You might be courting someone and being prepared to be married, but you ain't married until you're married, yeah? Almost married is the same as not being married. That's exactly right, okay? So if you're single, your priorities are this. Number one, your relationship with Jesus Christ. Put God first. And number two, 
the position and ministry that God has called you to, and number three, what you do in the world for your income, okay? So if you're, if you're not married, you have, less, you have less priorities, a lot easier, less stuff to keep track of, right? So last week, we began to talk about this number one priority, which was put God first, okay? I want to get into the other ones, but I feel like we need to talk about this for a little bit. So, so I, now that we've kind of laid these out, I want to talk about put God first, now, I began to study uh, this last week more into this, um, and the Lord just began to download uh, a lot to me in this. And so I want to I talk about what it actually means to sacrificially put God first in our lives. It's really easy to say, um, I put God first. It's really easy to proclaim that as a believer and say, no, I, God is first in my life. Okay, I, I hear you. Do you know that it takes effort? Okay, more than just, okay, Lord, help me. Let's do this. Let's pray. <laughs> Father, I ask you to help me this morning um, articulate what you have for me to articulate, Father, to, to not rush ahead, but to be exactly where we need to be. I know that there's so much that we've studied and talked about in this, Lord, but help me to get out this morning what we need to get out this morning, and I thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. The reason why that's important is because I have a lot, and uh, the Lord did some stuff earlier on in this service and helped and healed some people, so I don't want to take advantage of people's time. I feel like there's a specific thing that he wants us to talk about this morning, so if you guys will pull on the Lord, I believe we'll get there. Okay, so putting God first is so much more than just saying that God is first in your life. Now, I think that's a great place to start. You should definitely be able to say, God is first in my life. I think that's, that's, that's entry level, right? It's, you need to mentally get to the place where you've decided God is first in my life, okay? If you can say that with confidence and conviction, knowing that it's true, that's, that's the beginning step. But I want you to know that it takes time and effort to put the Lord first. You actually have to put something into putting him first, more than just saying he's first. And it will, at all times, cost you something to do this. Understand me? Say it costs something to put God first. It will always cost you something to put God first in your life, okay? Always. Even if that something is time. Sometimes it's sleep. Sometimes it's video games. Sometimes it's your soap operas. No one in here watches those, right? Sometimes it's movies, sometimes it's friends, sometimes there's lo- it will always be at the cost <laughs> of something to put God first. Let me, let me ask you a question. Could anyone in this room, and it's okay if you can, could you raise your hand and say, I actually have time in my day where I'm doing nothing? Could anyone raise your hand and say, I, do, I, can, I never do anything during this time of the day? Right, it's hard. it'd be hard to define that. Well, Micah, what do you mean by nothing? That's exactly what I'm pointing out to you. We're always doing something. Even if the something that we're doing is, is, is resting or eating or sitting and thinking, there's a lot, we're always, we're, always not, we're always doing something. We're never not doing anything. Yeah, we're never not doing something. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. He's helped me this morning. So if you're going to put God first in your life, it's going to cost you the thing that you were doing before that. We have 24 hours in a day, right? That's all that we have. The, the only non-renewable resource that we have is time. So we're always doing something with the time that we have. What are you doing with it? Are you being purposeful with that time and space that you have to put God first in your life? 
putting God first will cost you something. Sometimes it will be a great something. Sometimes it will be an easy something. Sometimes it's Saturday morning and you've been working all week and this is your only day off and the Lord says, I want to get up and I want, to, I want you to talk to me this morning at five. That costs you something. If you work full time, that, that's, a, that's a big cost. <laughs> you understand? That's a, maybe, maybe, you, maybe, you're, maybe you're like, you know what, I'm going to hang out and stay up late and binge Netflix on Friday night because I'm going to sleep in in the morning. Not. <laughs> it costs you something. In putting God first in your life, there's things that we want to do, things that we feel like we have to do, desires that we have that we have to decide, are we going to put those things ahead of God or are we going to put them after God? Every decision we make, everything that we have to do in our life, we get to decide, does this take precedence over God? Now, I don't mean to be dramatic about it, but it's important that we look at our lives and see, am I actually putting God first in this aspect of my life? Does he take precedence over these other things, these desires, these hopes, these dreams, these things that I'm working at, this project that I've been working on, this goal that I've been working towards, this thing that I feel like I'm supposed to be doing? Is he taking precedence in that thing in your life more than anything else? I'll tell you one of the more challenging ones is knowing that God has a call for your life, doing your best to operate in that call, but then having to stop and wait and hear him what the next step is. That's one of the hardest ones, because what we want to do is we want to say, okay, God, I got it. I'll, see, I'll tell you when it's done. I heard, I heard it. Okay, I have the word. I'll check in with you when I'm 10 years down the road, and I feel like I've completed it. That's not how it's supposed to go. Every day. His mercies are new every morning. Why do you think that is? Do you think maybe it's because we needed it? <laughs> if he was like, your mercies are new on Wednesdays, you only needed his new mercies on Wednesday. You understand? But his, new, his, his mercies are new when? That's not for his benefit. Who's the benefit of that? This guy. I need, his new, I need his new mercies every day because there's new challenges every day that I'm walking through. But if we make a conscious decision, a cognitive effort to put him first in those aspects of our lives, we'll be able to walk through that a lot smoother. You actually will find yourself, listen to me, you'll find yourself in the position of mercy when you put him first in that part of your life. It's way harder to go, okay, God, I'm going to do this thing, but I want your mercy. His mercy is over here in the call and the grace that he has for your life. You understand? Now, grace gets you back into it. Mercy gives, you means you, you get what he deserved, not what you deserve. You understand? It gives you the ability to sit in a place where his mercies are new every morning because he's called you to a specific place. You can't be running against him and say, give me mercy over here. His mercy and grace allows you to get back where you're supposed to be. Does that make sense? So we have to take time and effort to put the Lord first. This can look like getting up in the morning 5, 10, 15 minutes before usual and just reading your word or spending time praying or getting up. I, I actually, so I was, I, I'll tell on myself, I had a hard time with this for a while. I, I work contracting jobs in the world. I build things with my hands. I lift heavy pieces of wood and I have a nickname at work. It's called, they call me Moose because I just throw my body at things and move them with it, okay? I've been doing this since I was a young child. So I get tired physically, okay? So getting up early in the morning is something that I needed help with. And I was like, Lord, I, I have the desire in my heart to get up early, but my flesh is weak, okay? And you know what he said? He said, put your phone and charge it and put it on your dresser. So when it goes off, you have to get up and go get your foot your off. And you go, that doesn't sound, that's the devil. That's, that's a, that doesn't sound like it. That's not right. I fought it for a, for a month. 
And I kept on struggling, kept on struggling. The Lord would bring it back to my remembrance. I was like, you're right, I'm sorry, I was being silly. And so I did that. And so since, since doing that, I'll get up and, I, and, I, and I, I shut the alarm off and then I stand at my dresser and go, what am I supposed to do? And he'll say, go here, go there, do this. But I don't, to the best of my ability, go back to that bed. Okay? I, I won't say I'm 100% at it, but <laughs> I'm back in the 90s. <laughs> there might be. Sometimes he's told me to go back to bed, so that's on him, okay? Sometimes I just want to go back Sometimes it was on me. But even that small gesture, that's putting him first. You understand? I, I said, I need help with this. Help me with it. He gave me what I needed to do. And now in the morning, he's been able to talk to me more than he was before because I'm available. Does that make sense? I'm available to him to talk to. A lot of times people go, I really wish God would talk to me. Go to where he wants to talk to you. He doesn't talk to you when you want to be talked to. He talks to you when he can talk to you when you're able to hear, when you're able to listen. And sometimes he needs to get you to that place first before he, because he's not going to talk over things, right? He's gentle. He's kind. He gives us a free will. But if you make a conscious decision, say, Lord, I really want to endeavor to put you first in my life. Show me what this looks like. He will begin to gently show you things to do in your life. And you won't necessarily see how it's related at first. But eventually, you'll find yourself in a position having greater revelation, having greater peace, having better direction, having more confidence in what you're doing because you're choosing to... The simple act of putting him first in your life will make everything begin to flow and operate easier. If, you're feel like you're in, if you feel like you're in a great struggle, it is possible that you're in a time of persecution. You're exactly what you're supposed to be doing, and there's just persecution coming. The other side of that is you, it could be because you're going and doing without him. Yeah. This sounds like a good idea, so I'm going to do this good idea. Well, it makes sense because it's going to net better things for me, so I'm going to go do it. That's, that's, that's different. That's you leaning on your understanding and not his. The word says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. How many ways? This is what we're talking about is acknowledging him in all of our ways, and he will direct our path. If you want him to direct your path, you have to, the acknowledgement comes first. Does that make sense? Especially, I, I would say this room is filled with non-baby Christians. I couldn't tell you how far above that you are. That's not my job. But I would say most of the people in this room are not baby. From the word that I know that's been preached to you, the word that I've, we've, we've come up a little bit from that. So, so there's a responsibility that comes with maturity. And that is to put him first, to sacrifice time, to sacrifice things, and to make a, co a cognitive decision, a conscious effort to put him first in your life. That means before you call your girlfriend, or before you call your boyfriend, that means before you get up and go to work, before you get ready, I understand there's one-offs, right? But make those the exceptions. Don't make those the rule. It, I think, I don't know what, I, I'll, I'll get the statistic for you by next week. I think it's something like if you do something 30-some times in a row, it becomes a habit. That's one month. If you begin to discipline yourself in specific areas, whether it's the Lord wants to talk to you at night because that's the best time he knows you're available or he wants to get you up in the morning. Maybe he wants to wake you up at one and from one to two he wants to talk to you. Then you get great three, sleep from two to whenever you have to get up. Uh, that's not my job to define that. He'll let you know and he also knows what's the best for you. But I've often found this. If God has ever woke me up to tell me anything, I, it, that has never caused me to be tired. He sustains me because I put him first in my life. So, how, what, how much time do we have? Okay. I want to... Uh
Let's do this. I want to read from Matthew, Matthew 6, and we're going to read a lot of this. And I sang a bunch this morning, and I've already talked a bunch of morning, so I might call on some of you guys to read. So get your reading mouths ready. That makes zero sense. So just be ready, okay? We're going to go to Matthew 6, and what I want to do is I want to read verses 19 through 34. And I'm not sure if we're going to break all of this down today or the first couple verses here, but as I began to study on what it meant to put God first in our life, this is one of the verses he brought me to. And I just began to study this line by line and verse by verse. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there. We're going to look at Matthew 6, starting in verse 19. I knew that looked wrong. I had 16 on my Bible pulled up. It's like, this doesn't look right. Okay. And Nancy, I switched on you because my other Bible's falling apart. So this is New King James, by the way. Yeah, I have my my other Bible's New Year's and it's my favorite Bible, but literally Romans is falling out of my Bible. (laughs) Romans has has decided to leave, and everywhere I go, I leave the word with me, and it's, Really walking on the word, if you will. That's not a good joke. Okay, you don't have to laugh. That was bad. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. We're just going to roll through some of these, Nancy. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp is the body, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. If your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate one and love the other, or he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet... I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not not much more clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father knows what you need excuse me, your heavenly father knows you need all these things, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself, but worry about its own things sufficient for the day and in its own trouble. Now, something through 19 through 34, there are so many different verses that people quote like one section of it. Don't worry about today. Don't worry about tomorrow, right? Um, your father knows what you need before you have them. Don't store up for yourself treasures on earth, but treasures on heaven. We've heard all of these verses separated from this passage, but this is all one section in the word, and it's all related. So I want to break some of this down, okay? So verse 19 and verse 20. Don't lay up for yourself treasures on earth for where moth rust, excuse me, 
where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. Okay. Of all that you have, what are you using it for? Who is it serving? What the Lord is asking us here is to put his kingdom first. We can do that in many ways, but he is talking about treasure here. In the next verse, we find that treasure is what the tre- that treasure is what our heart says that it is, what our heart is on. If it's one, if it's on things of this earth, then you are storing up treasures on the earth. But if it's on things of heaven, then you are then your treasures are in heaven. You can store up for yourself treasures by uh, by treating the things of the Lord with all. Sorry, I, my. Uh, iPad uh, autocorrected, and they had autocorrected it wrong. <laughs> I was like, that's not how that word works. <laughs> uh, you can store up for yourself treasures in heaven by treating the things of the Lord and everything that you manage the way that he wants you to treat them. If you put him first in these areas, then you are storing yourself up treasures in heaven. So I, that's a lot of fancy words to say what you have dominion over, your money, your funds, your ability, your assets, What are you doing with them? The word says not to store up for yourself treasures on earth, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven. Well, we do that by using what we have purview over for him or using it in a way that he tells us to use it for. By putting him first in every aspect of our life, in our assets, in our things, in our abilities, in our skills, in our families, we're storing up the simple act of putting him first in those areas. You are storing up for yourself treasures in heaven by using the things that you have on the earth. God will give you great things here on the earth, but it won't be treasure to you. It'll be tools and access and ability, but your treasure treasure is in putting him first. If he is your treasure, he is first in your life. So all the things that you have purview over, I like that word this morning apparently, everything that you have control over, you put him first in those things, he will use those things through your submission and through your your response to him to store up for you treasures in heaven. Does that make sense? Because things here on this earth can be destroyed, can break. We've all had things break in our lives, especially if you had kids, but they don't break if they're in heaven. For where your heart is, there your treasure will be. If we're talking about putting God first, if, you're tr- if he is first, then he is only first. Does that make sense? You cannot have two firsts. There are no participation trophies in first place in the kingdom of heaven, right? There's, you can have one first, and it's supposed to be him. Sometimes we get victory in one area of our life by putting him first in that area. But do you know that there's other areas in your life that you haven't put him first in? The more you begin to surrender different parts of your lives and put him first in those areas, a more complete and whole ability he'll have to operate through you. Because you're willing to surrender certain aspects of your life. You should get to, and you will get to a point where you are going to say the words, if you're truly putting him first, Father, I don't exactly understand why, but I know you well enough to know I'm going to put you first in this aspect of my life and submit under you, even if I'm not exactly sure why. Now, we have such a good God who will walk you through the whys. He wants us to ask why so we can understand the hows. That's important. 
But faith is trusting in something that you don't see. Trusting in a father who's good to you. And when you decide to put him first in an area of your life, he will begin to work in that area. It is, imp- oh, it is impossible for God to honor you in an area of your life where you haven't honored him in that same area. Does that make sense? Do you want God to operate in your behalf as a father or mother or husband or wife? Yes. Have you honored him in those areas? Do you want God to honor you in the aspects of your work? Then you have to honor him in that area. You have to make a cognitive decision to put him first. That looks like two different things. Knowing what the word says and obeying it and then being led by the Holy Spirit. The word says, my children know my voice, another voice they will not follow, right? Oh man, I might just skip really far ahead. Yeah, we're going to wait. I was so close, but we're going to wait. <clears throat> it's a good one. Okay, verse 21. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The lamp is the body, excuse me, the lamp of the body is the eye. If therefore your eye is good, your whole body will be full of light. But, where your, but if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? This talks about what your gaze is upon. If you want light inside, you need to be looking at light. Pop quiz. Where is the source of light? Father. What did you say? God? Oh, in your eye? Okay, thanks, Randy. <laughs> the source of light is God. Putting him first, looking at him first is how that happens. If you want light on the inside, you have to be looking at light. Does that make sense? You have to be looking at the source of peace. You have to be looking at the source of hope. Amen? Good grief, you too. <laughs> Franny, <laughs> she, her face is so red right now. <laughs> it's making me laugh. Uh, I love you, Franny. No worries. Okay, no one can serve two masters for either he will hate one and love the other or he will be loyal to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. Okay, so the, does everyone know what the word mammon means in this? It's a re- some people say that's the God of money, it's a representation of money, but we'll just say money and the things that money can get you. So this is, you could say it like this, you cannot serve both God and things of the world. That's not, a, that's not adding to scripture to say that whatsoever. You cannot serve both God and things that money can get you. Does that make sense? Now you can go work and you can get you some money. And then you can take that money and you can get you some things. And you can get you some access and some abilities. You could probably, with enough money, find you a guy or a gal who also wants to share in that money. You could form this life based around that money. You could do that. I wouldn't, but you could. (laughs) I would highly advise to not to, but you could do that. So what he's saying is you cannot serve both of these masters. Like I said, there's only one first. If you're serving God and putting him first, he will willingly give you all that you need. If we we already read the per, a couple verses ahead where it says he knows what you need before you ask. He said, look at the lilies of the field. Look at the birds of the air. They don't work for it. God takes care of them. So how much more is he willing to take care of you? 
So in our decision to put God first, he's saying you cannot serve both. So it's, it's decision time. That's, that's kind of what this is presenting. It's presenting a decision. You will choose either to serve God or to serve mammon. Now, I want to point something out to you. What happens if we're having a hard time navigating these two things? I want to serve God, but also I have bills. I want to serve God. I want to put him first, but also I have a job. I have a wife and I have kids or I have responsibilities and finances and the car broke down and needs a new tire. I get the pressure that things of this world bring. But you need to be, I don't know if stubborn is the right word, but you need to be set in your decision in this. Because you know what going between one and the other will get you? Nothing. Now, God has grace and mercy, and he is always trying to woo us into being with him in his presence, always. But he has us a free will. If you, the Bible says be hot or cold, right? What happens if you're lukewarm? That's, I'm reading scripture. Be hot or be cold. Either, because conviction is important. The enemy wants to get you in a constant state of wishy-washiness because in there is where confusion is. And he can start creeping in and saying a couple things. He can start twisting the word of God. You know who, you know who invented white lies? The devil. Actually, I, this is my theory. Don't make a doctrine out of this. I think, that was the, I think the first lie was a half-truth. Because the, the, devil, the devil didn't invent anything. The Bible says that he is the father of lies, but he can't create anything. So he took a truth and he made it a half-truth. Understand? This is what the devil does. And he twisted that half-truth into a, just a full-blown-out lie. So this, this ambiguation of, of, of wishy-washiness and trying to be, I am this way and I'm this way and I, I want to be this, but I feel like this and I have the pressure of this, it's not getting you anything but confusion. It's not getting you anywhere but lost. So choose. That's what he's saying. You cannot serve both. It will, it will be one or the other. You will either serve mammon, the things that money can get you, the spirit of money, the things of this world, or you will serve God. That's kind of the two only two options that the Bible presents us here. You, there's not a third. Now, you could say, well, there's several different ones, but I promise you they all fall in that mammon category. There's either God and then there's everything else. You understand? So he's saying make a decision. Choose. And then he begins to show us the promises that come with that choice. You understand? Verse 25 says, Therefore I say to you, do not worry. It's the next thing he talks about after he says, choose. And then he's going he's gonna to walk you into making the right choice. He says, Don't, therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink. Has anyone ever been worried about that? Yeah. yeah. Now, when I was a bachelor, I worried a lot less about it. You can buy a 24-pack of ramen for like $3.99. That's two weeks worth of food. You can skip breakfast and you buy it, and then you can, do, you can do dry ramen in the afternoon. You can do wet ramen. I, I can cook ramen about 12 different ways. Add broccoli in it, throw some hot dogs in, cook it, pour the water out, throw some, you know, some sauce on it. You can cook ramen a bunch of different ways. Just pour the packets on it and just munch on it. 
<laughs> She's severely offended at me now. I'm not saying do it. I'm just saying I did it. <laughs> That's all I'm trying to say. When you're in a pinch and it's a 69-cent snack, it's not a bad deal. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? So he, he's just walked out of the idea and presented to, this is Jesus talking, by the way. He said, you cannot serve both God and mammon. Therefore, when you see a therefore in the word, you need to know what the therefore is there for. He's, it's a conjunction. He's not done. He didn't stop talking about serving God or serving money. He's still talking about that. He says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? The answer is yes. It is more than that. And then he begins to talk about the birds of the air and the flowers of the field, Right? He's literally, in verses 25 through 32 here, he's summarizing what happens if you decide to put God first. He's painting a contrast. He's saying there are people in this world who do worry about what they will eat and what they will drink. But those people are serving what? He said, there are people in the world who worry about what they, were what, they were, what they will wear. Got it out. But those people aren't serving God. They're serving what? Man. He just finished saying, choose today whom you're going to serve. You either serve me, you serve God, or you serve everything else. Okay? Verse 26, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than there? And then he begins to talk about worry specifically. Which of you worrying can add a cubit to his stature? We don't use cubits anymore, but you could say, can you grow an inch taller by worrying? No. You can't add anything to yourself by worrying. So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in all his glory is not arrayed like one of these. Now, God so clothed the grass of the field, which today is and tomorrow is gone. He will not much more clothe you, O you of little faith. Therefore, again, he's summarizing, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things, the Gentiles seek. So he's talking about people who don't know Jesus. Yeah. This is Jesus talking. This is before the Gentiles were brought into covenant. Okay, Jesus hasn't died on the cross. The Gentiles were self-seeking people. That's what he's saying by this, okay? We are no longer that way, but in this passage, we were. That's what, that's what non-believers seek, is what he's saying. Don't be like that. Don't be like that. For your heavenly Father knows what you need. Sorry, for your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things. Then he says, but if you seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all of these things that you've been worried about will be added unto you. We have a choice to put God first in our life. We get to make that decision to choose to serve him and not serve mammon or the things of this world. And if we do, all the things that you were worried about in the first place will be added unto you. The result of, the interesting thing is, 
you could go get you a job. You could get you some money and you could get you some things. But what happens at the end? What happens to the things? What happens to eternity? How much joy is there in those things? Not much. Temporary, if any. But when God adds something to you, he adds no sorrow to it. So he's saying, don't worry about the things. Don't worry about anything. But seek me first, and the things that would cause you worry will no longer cause you worry because you'll have them. You will no longer have cause to worry because I've fulfilled my promises because you've sought me first. There will not be an occasion to worry because your trust is in me. You've put me first in these aspects of your life, so the the reasons you had to worry begin to fall away one by one. Now, this doesn't necessarily happen overnight because faith is required. This This is what faith is. You can, you can take these verses and you can apply this to your health. You can apply this to your wealth. You can apply this to your, your healing, your prosperity, your family, whatever. Uh, here's what I want you to do. I want you to imagine two boxes, okay? One is putting God first and the other one is worrying about the thing, okay? Things cannot op- occupy both spaces at the same time. If you're worried about your kids, who doesn't have your kids? If you're worried about your job, who doesn't have your job? If you're worried about your money, who doesn't have your money? Okay, so just do this with everything in your life. If you're worried about your house, who doesn't have your house? If you're worried about your car, who doesn't have your car? You understand? It's very, it's, sim- it's way simpler than we want to be. Excuse me. It's way simpler than we make it. We have this, unfortunately, oh, let me, let me whack that up a little bit. We live in a great country. Okay. It's one of the best countries. I'm so thankful to live here. But unfortunately, the pursuit of the American dream isn't biblical in a sense. And that you can do what you want to do and pull yourself up by your bootstraps. And, and if you work hard and do it, there are principles in the Bible that are represented in that, but that is not scripture. Understand what I'm saying? If you begin to put God first in your life, he is the one that's going to make your life whole. He is the one that's going to take you from dung heap and put you with princess. He is the one that's going to take all these things that you were worried about and cared for. Now my focus is no longer on any of this stuff because I don't care about anything that because I found greater value in my relationship with the Lord. It is literally a value assessment. The only way that you can honor him is that he becomes more important to you than the things. That's why I said lip service, is a, it's a start. That's where you should start off in saying, I care more about God, I honor God, I put him first. But then there's some action that follows you. That's why I said it's going to cost you something. There's action that follows that statement. You have to actually put him first. So how, how would you make him more important than the things? By spending more time with him than the things. What you spend time with is what you begin to value. Becky is my favorite person on the earth. I like Becky more than I like my kids, okay? Now, I really like my kids. They're awesome, but I like her more. You know why? Because I'm called to be in relationship with her, and she is my first ministry. Next to her would be my children, but she is a step above. That's biblical. That's how, God, that's how it's set up in the scripture. 
It doesn't mean my kids are any less important. That means my priorities are straight. But you know who I like more than Becky? God. And it's no contest. I heard someone say this, don't make me choose between you and the Lord because you're going to lose out. You have to be that adamant about it. If you spend, the, more time you, the more time I spend with Becky, the more I enjoy being with Becky. It's been this way since we first got together. We never dated. I've shared this story with almost everyone. We never dated. We literally just were buddies. We hung out, and then God told us to get married, and we got married in four months. Like it's, it, we, I knew each other. I knew her for eight months before I married her. Okay? God just worked the whole thing out. We were never boyfriend and girlfriend. The day that, God, that we had a conversation about God telling us we were supposed to be married is two days before she met my dad. Like that was the next thing I said. Like God literally did this thing in us. But because I spent a lot of time with her, I began to fall in love with her even more and more. I've loved her since the second I saw her, but every, every moment, every time, every day, every month I get to spend more time with her, I, I enjoy it so much more. I, the reason why I bring that up is because this is how it should be with the Lord. It's awkward at first, okay? For Becky and I and for your relationship with the Lord. It can, it can be. It can be awkward. It can be awkward to go, so I'm just shutting stuff off, right? Everything, just no phone, no TV, just me, and then the Bible sitting there, you go, and this is what everyone does. Sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord a blessing his name. Proclaim the good news of his salvation. God, are you enjoying this? Is this good for you, Lord? Like, it feels awkward, right? But the more that you do that, the more God will meet you in that place because you are putting effort into putting him first. It's a heart thing. It's a physical and natural thing. It costs you something. It costs you the comfortability of just sitting in your couch with a blanket and watching Netflix. It costs you the comfortability of cozying up to whatever thing that you cozy up to. It, it, it costs you something, but if you put him first in your life, and the more things you can move from the serving them to serving God, the more things you can push over into this box of putting God first in your life, then that begins to grow because he said, I, I know what you need before you ask. I know what the, I took care of the flowers. I took care of the trees. I took care of the birds. How much more am I going to take care of you if you put out, if you can put, the more so if you can put this category that I have the purview over, the more your life is going to expand and grow. See, he's so cool because he's not an unjust king who says, serve me. And he lords over you and makes you pay, you know, taxes and, and makes you, and punishes you and puts, I mean, he's not a, he's not a one who dominates us. He's a king that says, if you serve me, I'll make your life better. Simply by the result of being in a relationship with me. Now, will it be more challenging than it is now? Yeah, probably but challenging differently. Will it always be easy? Certainly not. You know why? Because your flesh is involved. And your flesh doesn't make anything easy. No siree, Bob. Doesn't make anything easier. But as we begin to put him first in our lives, as we begin to put him first in every aspect of our lives, those things will be, the level of stress that they instigate in our lives will be decreased. Does that make sense? Things that once used to, every time, like have, have you ever had anything in your life that just thinking about it makes you want to go, Ugh. So two, two answers to you. One, is that supposed to be in your life? That's a big one. And if it is supposed to be in your life, okay, then we know the second answer. Give it to God. And you say, how do I do that? 
I am so glad you asked, because I'll tell you, you asked Jesus. When you begin to feel those feelings of frustration come up in your life again, you stop, you have a triggered response, say, okay, Lord, this stress is coming up again regarding this situation. I am endeavoring to put you first in this. Help me. Help me put you first in this area. And he will be faithful to do that. You might not understand in that moment, but in the next weeks, in the next days, he is faithful to respond. Sometimes you need time to get out of the flesh before he can answer some things in you. There's been questions I've asked him before that he didn't, he didn't answer for a month. And I didn't even know he was answering the question I had before. Sometimes he has to remind you, he says, hey, do this thing. And why? And that thing begins to work in my life. And then six months down the road, he said, that was response to that thing you asked me a year ago. And you're like, he does know. It's how he is. He's so good. He's so gentle. Put him first in every aspect of your life. Endeavor to put more things in the God has purview over this versus me worrying about it category. Does that make sense? Ben, why don't you come up and play? I know I have more to talk about this, but I feel like it's a good stop, uh, a good stopping point um, now. Y'all can come back next week, right? Good. I, I think that was a yes. I heard a lot of, mm-hmm which I believe is a southern yes. I think that's how that works. We're not quite in the south. We're not quite in the north. Missouri's kind of like, we don't know where we are. I just want to encourage you this morning to, to, to see if there's positions or places in your life that you find yourself worrying about. If there's anything that lo- in your life that is causing you stress, it's a good possibility that either one, it doesn't belong in your life in the first place, or two, you haven't fully given that to the Lord. You haven't fully released this. I, I am not standing here in front of you as one who has perfected this. But I, I am endeavoring to the best of my ability to do this. There, it's, it, to, to be vulnerable with you, it's a lot to run a ministry. It's a lot to do that alongside of running a family. It's a lot to do that and try to get school and education and things done. It's, it's a lot to run a company with your father. It's a lot to do all these things. But I have found that I, the more that I, I hold on to something, the more it feels like it's slipping away, the more it feels like I don't have a grasp on it, the more it feels overwhelming. But when I get up in the morning and I put him first in my life, even if it has nothing to do with the stresses that are coming in the day, simply the act of putting him first brings me so much peace throughout the afternoon. And what happens is, when, if you get here, I'll say this, then I think we'll be done. If you get up and the first act is an act of the flesh, that sets the tone for the whole day. But if you get up and the first act of the day is putting him first, your responses to those pressures and those stresses become holy responses. Does that make sense? The response is, the, is a God response as opposed to a flesh response. If you, make, if you endeavor to put him first in the morning, I, I'm, this is what the Lord showed me, and I'm, he's no respecter of persons. He'll do this with you. If you put him first at the first thing in the morning, your day becomes easier to manage because he was first. You invited him in to help. Does that make sense? When that stress comes up, instead of you saying, mother of whatever, so we would never say that. No one in this room would say that, but other people who would say those things, you might respond by simply praying in the spirit. You might, be, you might respond by saying, you know what? Glory to God, I'm not worried about it. You might respond by saying, I'm not worried about it. Have a, you know, whatever the situation may be, but if you put him first, he will actually be first in your life. Amen? 
Hey, thanks for listening to the Tanny Love Church podcast. For more information about us, visit us online at www.tannylovechurch.com. And you can also check us out on social media, on Instagram and Facebook.